Hey, everybody. On this week's episode of the Talking Llama podcast, we have a USA Today bestselling author and podcaster, Russell Nolte, actually going to be broken up into a kind of two-part series where we talk about what he is doing with his podcast and writing on this one, and then kind of on the next one, a little bonus episode of some other things that are very relevant and important for us as content creators. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast. My guest today is Russell Nolte, who's a USA Today bestselling author and speaker who teaches creatives through a complete and successful life. He's also the host of the Complete Creative Podcast. How are you doing, Russell? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So the Complete Creative Podcast, and I know just kind of in my notes I have written here, you're doing a lot of other cool stuff. So do you mind elaborating on what else you got going on and then get into your podcast a little bit? Oh, so much is going on. So I'm a USA Today bestselling author of magic, monsters, and mythology. So I do a lot of fantasy, some sci-fi, a little bit of horror, but mostly uh, I'm known for fantasy. I write comics and novels. Uh, I run a company called Wannabe Press along with the training academy, The Complete Creative, which is attached to my podcast. Uh, So we have had... 180 episodes, I believe. We've had way more than 200, but when I came back, I used to have a podcast called The Business of Art. And when I brought the show back, I cut about 50 episodes uh, that I wasn't happy with. And so we're nearing 200 a second time um, for in, in my career. So I'm, uh, I, I've, I interview creatives basically about how they build and sustain their creative career. What's cool about it is it's kind of like one six-figure entrepreneur who's, who's made who's had success as a creative talking to another successful creative. So uh, it kind of leads to a, a much uh, higher level discussion, uh, a more in-depth discussion as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of these podcasts, uh, there's there's other podcasts like them, obviously, like uh, uh, What the Fuck with uh, with uh, with uh, Mark Marin and uh, Joe Rogan show sometimes and and um, off camera. Uh, but I also do that same thing in that same vein. Awesome. And that man, lots of different writing. I'm a huge fan as a reader of the fantasy genre. So that's so cool. I I've never really spoken with an actual author of fantasy novels. How, what made you get into that genre when you were writing just fascinated as a child with the fantasy genre? I'd like to hear about that. The world sucks, <laughs> and I want to be as far away from reality as possible, as often as possible, and fantasy allows me to do that while still commenting on the world. There's no other genre where you can, uh, well, I guess sci-fi in a little bit, but uh, really fantasy is where you can take uh, the other and represent it in all sorts of other ways and, and sort of subvert uh, people into, into empathy uh, by, like, you know... Uh, subbing, uh, subbing orcs for underclasses or something like that, and uh, really trying to make a, a positive impact on society while still being able to like shoot lightning out of your 
out of your hands. My specific branch of fantasy is mythological fantasy, specifically Greek, Roman, and Judeo-Christian mythology, as uh, well as a little bit of Norse and a little bit of the other mythologies kind of sprinkled in. My new book uh, in the Godsverse Chronicles has some uh, Hindu mythology in it. uh, And uh, I've sprinkled in a whole bunch of others, uh, but I mostly stick to uh, Greek, Roman, and Judeo-Christian mythology. The thing that separates my books, I think, is A, they're they're basically fantasy thrillers, so they're incredibly fast-paced, the books in the Godsverse. And uh, they really, uh, they, they deal with not the, they deal with the gods, but they deal with uh, the, the humans are the main characters, and they are specifically railing against the destiny that the gods have left for them. So in the first book, uh, there's 12 books of the of the uh, Godsverse out now, but they're in four collections. So in the first collection, uh, uh, the main character, Katrina, in the first book, uh, gets sick of living during the apocalypse and sets out to kill the devil. In the second book, she sets out to take on the Greek gods. In the third book, the Titans. And so, and each book kind of is about a different one of the main characters dealing with the repercussions of the gods, trying to forge their own way in the world and dealing with the, uh, the ramifications of their destiny. That is fascinating. I absolutely love fantasy and I found you, I found your other book, how to build your creative career, uh, without selling your soul. I have it. I'll have to check out your fantasy stuff, but do you have a favorite as a reader? series or fantasy book yes the so my favorite fantasy book is uh the hazelwood uh by melissa albert it's my favorite book of all time uh my second favorite book is uh good omens uh the neil gaiman and uh terry pratchett book and then my favorite series is the incarnations of immortality uh you can have xanth like just like take it i'm I'm fine with xanth but like i really love the incarnations of immortality that deal with uh time and uh and 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 death and and uh gaia and 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 all of this war uh and there's all there there there's there's seven books that deal with the six books that deal with the six incarnations of immortality. No, seven books that deal with the seven incarnations of immortality. And they're humans that take on the incarnation role. So it's very similar to the work that I do in uh, the God's verse. That's fascinating. I'll have to check those out. I'm always looking for more fantasy books to read. So I'm definitely putting those in my Amazon cart right now. I wanted to kind of go back to something you mentioned a little earlier in the conversation on your show, how you're interviewing creatives about how they create and sustain their career. Have you seen any kind of common denominators and what makes a successful creative able to sustain his career kind of throughout years, decades, what have you? You know, I brought back the show to ask that question, assuming I would get all sorts of answers. And I did about 20 episodes and I got the exact same answer every single time. Um, And uh, the thing that makes a creative be able to sustain their career even though I only did 20 episodes, I don't know if it's a big enough sample size, but I'm going to say that this is what I learned is it's the ability to burn themselves down and rise back up in the ashes to do something else. It's the ability to reinvent themselves and recreate themselves. And it's the ability to, con- to, to be able to, con- to, to maintain the fire in their belly for creating. Um, uh, there could be different shows. It could be different companies. It could be different, different books or different series, but that, that idea of burning it all down and rising back up was apparent in every interview that I did when I brought my show back. 
that, that's really neat. Why do you think that is? It, kind of along the lines of like starting fresh over and over again to get those kind of new ideas and creative juices going? I have a theory. So I think that there's three parts of a creative career. Uh, the first two, uh, the first one is uh, the break in. So your jo- your goal then is to break in. And there's a lot of books that uh, that uh, that deal with breaking in. And not only that, but like there is a distinct moment when you break in every single person I've ever talked to. They can maybe not in the moment, but they can point back to the moment that they broke that they broke in and started becoming like a respected name in their industry. Uh and so there's always there's always pressure to exert and there's an actual like legitimate goal uh, that puts you into phase two. Uh, in phase two, you are trying to prove you're not a one trick pony. And that might be a second book or it might be uh, it, it might be, uh, uh, you know, another series of paintings. But your goal is to prove that that your success wasn't a fluke uh, because that's the next thing people say to you. Like, oh, well, like, OK, anyone can have a hit once. Uh, and then, uh, and, and, and so that the next couple of years end up being about like, oh, well, like what's going to be the next thing? Like, is the next one going to be bad? Is the next one going to be as good? Like, what, like, 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 I don't even know if like, you're all, you're proving to yourself as much as you're proving to other people that like, you know what you're doing because like that, that little, that little like imposter syndrome of like, yeah, but like, do you really know what you're doing? Uh, 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 or did you just have a fluke is inside you just like other people are thinking it at you. Um, but there's also an end to that because like eventually like you'll have other hits, uh, maybe not as big a hit, maybe bigger hits, but like you'll, you'll be able to prove to yourself and other people that you aren't just a one trick pony. And, uh, that is when you enter stage three, which is sort of like outer space. And there's just, there's no rules. Like there's nothing, you just float out there and you're like, well, now what? Like I've now proven that I know what I'm doing and now I just have to maintain relevancy for the rest of my life. And I think that is the part that like people just get bored with doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And that's what makes them sort of want to light the match and like, and, 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 and just burn it all down and like try something completely different. Um, I also think there's just like there's a monotony to doing the work over time. And eventually you've said it. You've, you've said the thing that you're going to say. Like, 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 I feel that now. Like, I feel like, you know, I've talked about destiny quite a bit in my work. Like, I mean, people know what they, what, how, how I feel about destiny and like all the, and like gods and like immortals and all of these things. So, like, what is the point of me continuing to say something or how do I say something new in these same worlds? So, it is a sort of moving and ebbing and flowing between different formats and genres and, you know, doing speaking and doing a bunch of other stuff that allows you to keep it fresh for yourself because there's kind of like no rules. There are rules about how to break in, but like there's, there's just not as many rules besides don't be a dick about how to stay in. That's fair. So once you're in really, you can do whatever you want to stay relevant and and to stay in and, be creative. Well, I don't know if you you can't do anything like because like the, the audience will decide and like the other people will decide if you're relevant. So like you've like like you absolutely can't just do anything. Um, but you've got to the, the point is you've got to keep your creative spark going. And sometimes that means burning it down and starting again so people can see you're relevant. So you're still relevant, like that you're not just like the the guy who does fantasy or the guy who wrote like comics 20 years ago or like whatever the thing is, like 
uh, uh, you've got to like start something new so you can like build the new career and like build the new path for yourself. But most of the time, it seems like people just get bored, like making the same thing over and over and over and telling the same stories. And like they want some the, 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 the problem is not keeping relevancy. The problem is keeping the fire going inside of yourself without having it go out. That's a great way to phrase it. I know in kind of my few creative ventures, I get really excited about something and then I kind of bring it the idea to fruition and then I get bored with it. That's, that's a great way to put it. I just get bored with it and want to try something new, whether it was successful or not. So yeah, I completely agree with that, Russell. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, there are some people that can do the same work for 50 years. I think of uh, Strangers with Can uh, Strangers with Candy, Strangers in Paradise, or uh, or like The Simpsons. Although, like the people who did The Simpsons, like they're long gone. But like there are there there are people that can that can be excited about the same property for long, long, long periods of time. Um, I think of the people that did Elf Quest and uh, the 40 plus years of doing Elf Quest and and. Uh, the people that do girl genius who've been doing it for a decade. But I think for most of us, we hit a point where we're like, I have said everything that I can about this thing. And, uh, and yeah, like, like it's, it it feels kind of like crappy to talk about because you're like, Oh, well, whoop de doo Mr. Like being a professional writer, like can't keep the fire. Like I would do anything to like be like a professional writer, but you know, like, I think that is also, I think that idea is unfair. It's like, it makes people be like, oh, well, you're clearly not a human. Like, I'm the same human that I was. Like, I've got other desires that are like more than just writing. I, I like my podcast and I like, and I like, uh, and you know, I like, uh, I like painting sometimes and like, I like reading books and, and I, I, you know, I, I might have other interests that b- bubble up in the future. And like, I think that we should all be free to pursue that when, uh, when it, uh, when it comes up, you know, a show might get picked up of my work and it might become a television show. I don't know. Or I might get burnt out doing something and just be sick of that part of my life for a while. And I need to light the candle back up in that part. And I think that, uh, sort of like you said, like everybody has that, uh, you know, just because just because J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter doesn't mean she doesn't have other interests outside of Harry Potter and thinking that uh, or bucketing her in that thing kind of makes her f- seem inhuman and not in the good way. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the Talking Llama podcast, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I wanted to take a moment to tell you how you can support the show as a patron with three different membership tiers. For only $1 per month, I'll send you a personalized video thanking you for your support. For $3 per month, you get exclusive access to the Talking Llama Herd, which is a private Discord server where you can talk with other creatives and myself about all things podcasting. For $10 a month, you get all the previous benefits, a free t-shirt made by me, and a monthly group Zoom call. If you're not able to be a patron right now, that is okay. You can still support the show by sharing it with a friend or leaving a review. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah. And I wanted to, while we're talking about reinventing yourself, you mentioned there's like three parts of a creative career, the break in, you know, the proving yourself and then the, what do you call the outer space or maintaining relevancy? Is there, are there any kind of similar steps or are there steps period, I guess, for reinventing yourself as a creative, whether, you know, some things that you've used or you've seen others use? 
Well, the nice thing about changing industries is like it's a whole new paradigm. So just because you had success in one industry doesn't mean you're going to have success in another. So you pretty much like have to start from scratch again and like break in again and then prove you're not relevant. You're, you're, you're not irrelevant again and proving you're not a one trick pony again. Um, you know, I've been very successful in comics, but I have yet to translate that success into novels. Um, I've had yet to translate that success into my podcast. Like it is, it, you know, uh, we get a couple hundred downloads a week, but considering that, like literally giving away the farm of how to do this, you kind of expect like more than just a couple hundred creatives would, uh, would, would want to, uh, listen in. So in just, so, so the, the process kind of is you have the one process for like your main industry, right. Or like the first industry, but like, then you've got to kind of do it again. Every time you want to reinvent yourself, if you want to start being an entrepreneur and you want to start doing venture capital, like you've got to have success in that thing too. And, and if you want to like become a horseback rider, you've got to start at the bottom and like break in there too. And each one, it can be easier because you're augmenting with the skills you already have, but it's very much this like idea of reinvention and, and like really restarting from scratch and, and then being able to like have that that break in experience again in a different way. So I would say that the the, the steps are pretty much the same uh, that I've seen in other industries, whether it's but uh, or like other creative pursuits. So even if you're doing like comics and doing novels, even though it's both writing, you know, you kind of have to break in twice. What were some of the creative processes that worked from, say, when you went to comics into podcasting? that you were able to kind of reuse, but just repurpose into a different medium? Well, I, I have a degree in broadcast journalism. So I think that that had more relevancy to what I do in my podcast um, uh, than the comics to, to podcasting did. I would say, though, that uh, the thing, well, the connections stay the same. So like I was able to get pretty good guess right off the bat when I started podcasting, because like I already was kind of in that world. And then the podcasting brought me more relevancy in comics and novels. And then that led me to bigger and bigger guests and bigger and bigger gets. I, I really, uh, while I do almost everything with intention in my life, I don't really do it with intention with the podcast. I just really want to like talk to people that I find interesting and like, I really don't promote it at all. Like I, I, I think I do like one set of promotions a week, and and and, and just like it, then it's out there. And I don't, I don't have that little intention with anything else that I do. Uh, uh, but what you know, having conversations with people in an industry, you know, you learn the jargon of that industry. So I was able to like move over the jargon. I was able to move over kind of like that. I had cred having made a bunch of successful stuff before. Um, but like, as far as the actual interview process, I think that mostly comes from just my experience in broadcast journalism and then in sales. Uh, so in wannabe press, you know, and, and in my life, I just been in sales for a long time. And the easiest way to get sales is to be able to interview well and like find out what people's real problems are. And, um, and, and so, uh, sort of a, amalgamation of a bunch of stuff that I've done in my career, the, the, the salesmanship, the broadcast journalism, and then the writing all went into the podcast. And, uh, the podcast is wonderful because it's really just a microphone and your thoughts and the quality of the interview you bring. 
And, you know, uh, it's very easy to be on a, to, to, to do that poorly. It's very hard to do that well, but you're really kind of laid bare. If you don't, if you're not a good speaker, if you're not engaging, if you're not a good storyteller, then you are uh, not going to be a good guest. And you're not going to be, if you don't, if you can't maintain the storytelling across, uh, across the, the interview, then it's very hard to be a good host. So I guess just the idea of storytelling and, 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 and being a good storyteller is, has helped me in that podcasting too. Yeah, definitely telling a story through your podcast is vitally important to, you know, keep people's attention. And definitely when you're interviewing someone, you want that person to tell the story or if you, if you guys are sharing stories, but yeah, when you have a guest, I totally concur, Russell, that, you know, the story is what, what grabs the attention. It gets the hooks in the listener and kind of keeps them on the edge of their seat. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, having that shared experience of making stuff and giving people an outlet to talk, not just about the making process, but in like the building of the career process. Like I have found some of, uh, the most charming people, uh, 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 who were massively successful, who just like had never had a chance to talk about like the actual business part of their art before. And, uh, I was able to like have really deep in depth conversations with them because of that, because I understood what it meant to like run a creative business. And, uh, I was giving them the freedom to open up and to know that they were in a safe place. And that part, I, I take more from just the process of creating stuff is I try very hard in my process of creating or editing a book. Uh, to make a safe space for the people who are inside of it to do their best work and then cut out everything else. Just say, I will take care of everything except this part of the process that you have to deal with. That is all you have to focus on and bring your best work. Awesome, Russell. I wanted to go into a little more detail on your podcast. So you said you're 180 episodes in for the second time. And um, I, I forget, I think you use Lisbon as a host. Is that right? Uh, Podbean. Podbean, that's right. And how has your experience been with Podbean so far? I've interviewed a couple other people who use Podbean. Interested to hear your thoughts. So I met, I've been with Podbean since I started podcasting. And uh, I, I met them at a show the other, a couple months ago. And I said, and they said, what do you think of Podbean? And I said, you are the most boring company I've ever met in my whole life. And I love it. Like you just work. Like your stuff goes out when it's supposed to. Like I never, I've never had problems in four years. Like I, I, I don't know if the numbers are accurate. I don't really care if they're accurate. Like it gets on the platforms that it has to get to and nobody complains. And that is about the best compliment I can give a company at this part in my career. Just like you are so boring. They are so boring. They don't do anything like flashy or outlandish. They just like do the thing that they do and work. That's great. So you're able to schedule your episodes ahead of time and have them release whenever you choose to all that kind of standard stuff. All that standard stuff. And I guess they have like some sort of Patreon type program and some other stuff, but like I've never really looked into it. So I can't talk about that. I can just say that like I give them $96 a year and for that price, they have my show in all of the places that my show needs to be. Okay. Yeah, that's Shoot, I think uh, Buzzsprout is kind of very overly simple too, which is great. That's why I started with Buzzsprout. So easy to use and does everything I need it to do. And I wanted to ask you, kind of sticking with your podcast again, 
where do you see your podcast going in the next, I don't know, year to five years? I know you're still heavily involved in, in the writing and kind of that creative process, but what about your podcast? I know you said you don't promote it. Just interested to hear your thoughts. I don't know, man. I mean, I may not do the podcast in another five years or another year or another month. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I love it now. Um, I, 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 I try to keep the podcast pure. I try to keep it as a thing that is just like my utter fascination with the creative process and creative people. Uh, and, uh, I've been able to maintain that sort of sense of wonder for since we brought it back, uh, which would have been I started recording a little more than a year ago when we brought it back in November. Uh, so but, you know, I I don't so much like the fact that I have to record a new episode weekly. Uh, I, I like I don't I, I want to record whenever like I feel like recording and when like I ever I find a guest that's like worthy of recording. So I have some problems with that format, uh, but I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I have an, I have this vision for the complete creative as an overall training academy and just really blog and just like website, which is that like, I hope that once I'm done dead or like invalid or like just I've, I've stopped, whatever it is, uh, that like people can look back at the site and say that like that is a, a a good representation of what it means to lead a creative life. That like the mindset stuff that he talked about, the creative stuff, the sales stuff, like all of it is relevant and all of it like helps build out what it means to lead a creative life and a creative existence. And part of that is the podcast. Part of that are the free courses and the epic blog posts. Part of it is the paid courses. Um, but really, it's about this idea that uh, uh, that like what it means to be a complete creative human. So, I mean, I would love to. What is that? Two hundred and fifty episodes more. I would love to be in a place where five years we've got an, a, um, close to four hundred episodes of the show, close to five hundred episodes of the show. And I've interviewed all sorts of creatives and I just like have kept my curiosity. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm pretty realistic. You know, I bored of it two and a half years after I started and there's a good chance that like it will happen again. And, and, and like, maybe there's not any growth and like that eats on me and gnaws at me, but I try very hard to keep it as just like this hour that I spend with a human who I am fascinated by. Uh, and we are having a decent conversation and, uh, if it grows from there, uh, that's great, but I know how many shows there are, how many shows exist and, and the odds that like, I'm going to break through on some level there when I'm not putting the effort and I just can't put the effort. Like I have to put the effort into my books. Like that's, that's where the effort has to go. Uh, because like, that's what pays my bills and like, that's what lights me up. And like, that's the joy, like the complete creative is the wonderful ancillary byproduct of my career. Uh, so as long as I can keep the joy and the rapture of, um, of, uh, and being raptured with like the things that we're doing and the, and the, and the, and the people I'm meeting, then I plan to keep going. Um, but every time I go to sort of put money into the marketing, uh, it just, it just always feels false because like my, my heart is in the books and like the making the creative projects and, and 
and uh, and and that is what fuels the complete creative. The complete creative doesn't fuel wannabe press. Wannabe press is the fuel for the complete creative. And as I just live as a creative person and making creative work, the complete creative then, as a site grows and and as an organism grows, um, because of me doing the creative work and me um, and me uh, 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 finding more humans and more ways to grow as a, as a person. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to our website at talkinglama.com. If you find value in the show, please subscribe. And if this content really resonates with you, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review to help spread the Talking Llama message. To stay up to date with all the latest llama happenings, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at ianroth1 and Twitter at TalkingLlama1. Thank you so much for your support. Stay confident, stay creative, and most importantly, speak your legacy. I'll see you next time.